Today being a leadership session, I felt it would really be great for us to have uh, Bishop Noaka come here. And I really do want to thank uh, you, Bishop Noaka, and, and your people that you are leading in Living Waters and Restoration Churches, particularly the branch here in Lansiria, for having agreed that you should uh, come today. Because uh, Bishop Noaka was supposed to come in next week, Sunday. But I want to say thank you to the Lansiria uh, team for having agreed that Bishop should come. Uh, I know now, after last night, why these dates have worked and why my heart was so much after these dates to have uh, Dr. Noaka come because I think yesterday was one of the most life-changing services ever in my life. And, and he didn't know of the major thing God had spoken to me about, which I'm not going to reveal to all of you at the moment, about a major assignment for the nation that God spoke to me about on Thursday. And even as I was leading the prayer in the morning on Thursday, I didn't divulge everything. You don't always tell everything that God is telling you. But it was a big assignment on my shoulders. And... and God specifically told him, you said when you left God, you said you came here to do what? To, to come and uh, agree. To uh, agree and connect with us. Yeah. yeah, that's what he said. He said, he said, that's what the Spirit kept telling him, that he is coming here to agree with us yeah. and connect with us yeah. in the direction God was leading us. Now, even if I met him in the morning on Thursday, I never told him anything God spoke to me about. And he picked it up by the Spirit of God. So, Bishop, I want you to know how much we treasure your ministry in this church and how much we love you and how much we appreciate what God is doing through your life. And how... Yeah. Yeah. For me, as a friend you've known for 30 years, my appreciation of you continues to grow day by day, week by week. A man of God you are. Um, and the integrity in which you handle God's word and really being a servant of God. We have so many similarities with Bishop, both born again 1978, both got married 1988. <laughs> he started ministry 85, I started 83. Uh, we met in Cameroon 1992, and uh, well, he beats me in this one, only one area, only where he beats me. He's got six grandchildren, I've got two. <laughs> So, but I'm still coming because my children are younger than yours. So watch, watch the space. And, and, and so, Bishop, this session, sir, it's a leadership session. These people you see here are leaders, uh, not from, from our church, mostly from our church, but we've got people from other ministries. We've got pastors who've traveled long ways to come and be here, our sons and our daughters. We've got our immediate sons and daughters sitting this side. So this session is loaded with leadership people, and I felt why I wanted you to come this week is that I know how God uses you to speak to leaders. So this session is yours, man of God. Share as God would have you share, and I want us all, Bazalana, to stand as we welcome a prophet in the name of a prophet, Bishop Bernard Noaka. Come on, Bazalana, give him a mighty hand. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. May you kindly sit down. 
Thank you. <laughs> amen, amen. It's nice to be back home. I would like to thank God for my friend, my brother, uh, who has been uh, with me. I've been with them for such a long journey. And we thank God that um, I, I'm reminded what happened with, um, with Barnabas when he was sent, where there was revival at Antioch. He went and blessed the people there. And uh, he would have, uh, if he wanted, he would have uh, established a church, Barnabas International Ministries. But, <laughs> but he chose not to do that. Uh, he went to Tarsus looking for Saul. And uh, I thank God that uh, he brought him, and then together they stayed there for one year, and uh, laid a great foundation at Antioch where they were first called, uh, uh, rather the church, believers, Christians. And uh, so I, com I compare myself to Barnabas looking for Saul. And that is Apostle Bishop Musa Sono. Let's put our hands together for him. And his lovely wife, uh, Gege, I just love my sister. She's just got a different, uh, unique spirit, a student of the word. Oh, she's just awesome. Let's put our hands together for Sister Gege. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Let us pray. Father, we pray in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so happy, Lord, to be together with uh, uh, my fellow leaders, uh, co-workers in the ministry, servants of the Most High God. I acknowledge, Lord, the grace of God over uh, each one of them and also the destiny and purpose that you have for each one of them. So, Lord, as it is written, iron sharpens iron, so one face a countenance sharpens the other. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'd work in us and through us. Lord, we pray, speak to us and receive the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm sharing on um, the word that I have entitled, Prolonging the Usefulness of Your Leader. Prolonging the usefulness of your leader. That's what I want us to look at by the grace of God. <clears throat> Prolonging the usefulness of your leader. Let's put it this way. Prolonging the usefulness of your father spiritual father ladies and gentlemen fathers have died prematurely and I'm talking about spiritual fathers they have died prematurely 
not only in this nation, but on the continent and around the world. And that's why God has given me a burden to share on this message, how we can prolong the usefulness of our fathers and of our leaders. Others have not died prematurely, but they have lost their cutting edge before going into glory. They began very, very well. And they began very well. And they did tremendous things. And they did great exploits. But along the way, they lost their cutting edge. Not because they had to, not because it was supposed to be so, but because certain things were not in place. And I'm just so happy that I'm speaking to you leaders because today some of you, you are assistants, some of you are disciples, but things will be changing as, as we go on and who knows what God has for you uh, in the coming years. And uh, fathers have retired. Fathers have retired instead of changing roles. I personally don't believe in retirement. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I know it is uh, a secular word which we are so much used to, and it's okay in the secular world. Uh, when you retire, you want to do your own thing. So what I really believe personally, it is a changing of roles and changing of jobs. You never retire, but you just change. Because if you retire, then what are you doing after you have retired? If you retire, what are you doing <laughs> after you have retired? So others have just retired. Why? Because we have celebrated the vision than the visionary. And that is the problem that we have uh, around the world and uh, uh, on the continent of Africa and uh, uh, here in South Africa. We celebrate the vision than the visionary uh, himself. And uh, we, you would agree with me that many find it easy to support the vision than the visionary. And it is very sad, I mean, strange, how we can separate the visionary from the vision. <laughs> but uh, you can't, but we somehow do that. Uh, and that's why we, we find it difficult to support the visionary, the father. Uh, and uh, somehow we say we are supporting the vision. So... It's like a contradiction. So that's why we are sharing today on prolonging the usefulness of the Father. Then how do we prolong the leader's usefulness? How do we prolong the Father's usefulness? Let's read Second uh, uh, Samuel uh, 21 verse 17. 2 Samuel 21 and verse uh, 17. But Abishai, the son of Zeruah, 
succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David, then the men of Musa Sono. Hallelujah. Uh, the word of God is always alive. Then the men of Musa Sono swore unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. Can we put it in New International Version? Or the scriptures, let them in, be in New International Version unless I ask otherwise. Because I would like to read, yes. But Abishai, son of Zeruah, came to David's rescue. He struck the Philistine down and killed him. Then David's men, I would like to put, then Musa Sono's men swore to him, saying, Never again will you go out with us to battle, so that the lamp of Israel will not be extinguished. So in other words, they valued the light, the lamp, the vision, and the visionary. Today I want to say to you that uh, you have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to guard that which God has given us. No, we have a responsibility. It's not just his responsibility and his wife, the men and the women, the sons and daughters that God has raised have a great big responsibility to protect, to prolong the usefulness of the man of God. And they are talking about the lamp. Hallelujah. I don't know how you look at your, your pastor. This can be applied on the uh, different stages, but allow me uh, to apply it mostly on the national level, international level. Allow me to be applying it so much. Uh, on, I'm talking to a church. I'm talking to the ministry. I'm talking to grace. So allow me to be talking to you as a family collectively. Is that okay? Never again. Why did they say never again? <laughs> because they knew David. David was not anointed. <laughs> he was not anointed to preach. He was not anointed to preach. I mean, he could share. He wrote so many prophetic psalms and what. He was a prophetic psalmist. But the anointing of David was to fight. He was born to fight. He never ran away from battle. Right when he was young. Right when he was young, the bear came. He said, I'm not going to run away from the assignment that my father has given me to take care of the sheep. He fought the bear, risking his life. And uh, for me, uh, to be very honest with you, uh, fighting a lion, risking my life, no. Uh, for the sake of the sheep, no. For the sake of my wife, yes. 
for the sake of my wife, I would fight. And I would say, if I die, let me die. But David, for the sake of the sheep. And then God is looking in heaven and he says, what a heart, what a man. Hallelujah. Do you know that many things that God allows us to go through is a school. Thank God for the Bible colleges. Thank God for the universities. But you are trained in the school of life. Right where God has put you. That's why God allows oppositions. He allows persecutions. He allows enemies around you. It is all about training you. That's why you must change the way you look at enemies and attacks in your life. And many times we say, Lord, when am I going to rest? After this comes this. After this battle comes this. When am I going to rest? But you forget one thing. That is after victory comes victory. After victory comes victory. In other words, you are no longer the same. And you are trained in the battle, in the furnace of affliction. You are never graded in class. You are graded in the furnace of affliction. In the battles that you have fought as a leader, as a child of God. And I have discovered by the grace of God that the the man and the woman God uses is is a broken vessel. And you can never be broken by the laying on of hands. You are broken by the things you go through. By the battles you fight, you endure and overcome. It's only a broken vessel that releases the anointing. So many of us can release information. We can release knowledge, but we cannot release life and spirit. You come to a place of impartation. So count it all joy with all what you have gone through and you have been going through. I came to say, you are better than two years ago. I came to say, you are better than two years ago. You are better than before the pandemic started. I came to say, God has been at work in our lives, in your life. Tell your neighbor, you are no longer the same. Although you think you are the same, something has happened within you. Hallelujah. God has been preparing us for a greater assignment. We are excited. Hallelujah. And that's why you are alive today. Because your assignment is not yet over. You are not alive today because you are the good doctor. Because you are better than the ones who died. You are alive today because of the assignment which is coming. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. God has a final say over your life. So David was an anointed warrior. David never ran away from battle. But he ran towards the enemy. He never ran away from Goliath. But he ran towards Goliath. Because he was anointed. I came to tell you, you shall not run away from your enemy. 
you shall not run away from witchcraft you shall not run away from those demonic attacks there is an anointing in the house that is coming upon you preparing you as a ministry and as a person for the next level you are going out with great authority hallelujah hallelujah but this day something strange happens this day something strange happens give us the scripture again second Samuel 21 verse 17 for better understanding the context let's read from 16 And Ishbi Benob, one of the descendants of Rapha, whose bronze spearhead weighed 300 shekels and was armed with a new sword, said, You'd kill David. The assignment to kill the leader. Because the enemy wants to get the leader out. He wants, I, I, do you know why? Because, not because he's a leader, but because of what he's carrying. The light, the vision for the nation, for the continent. That's why you are responsible to guard, to protect, to prolong the usefulness of your leaders. Let's go on. Give me the scripture. But Abishai, son of Zeruk, came to David's rescue. One of the sons of Musa Sono, or one of the sons of the He struck down the Philistine and killed him. After that, then David's men, suddenly the sons of David, the men of David, they swore to him. They did not just speak. They saw to him. What was, the, what was the statement? Never again will you go out with us to battle. So that the lamp, the lamp, the lamp of Israel, the lamp of South Africa, the lamp of South Africa, the lamp of South Africa will not be extinguished. We still need the man. We still need you, Father, to give us the vision, to give us the counsel, to give us the direction. We are, you know what, Dad? Dad, it was okay in the beginning. In the beginning, it was okay. We were young. We did not know how to fight. We saw you fight. But now, sir, excuse us. We have grown. <laughs> we have grown, Dad. We saw you take up the bear. We saw you take up the lion. We saw you take up Goliath. We saw you take up the Philistines. But, Daddy, now let us. Daddy, go behind. Daddy, go behind. Support us from Jerusalem. Support us with counsel. Support us with prayer. Support us with revelation. Support us with correction. Go back. We are going to take the enemy. Never again. Shout with me, never again. Shout it, never again. Sit down. Never again. 
never again. Never again. Second Samuel 18 and verse 3. Second Samuel 18 verse 3. But the man said, you must not go out. That is when Absalom had risen. David, <laughs> he never ran away from battle. But this time, he's running away from Jerusalem. And one, the reason being, he says, it's difficult for me to shed blood in Jerusalem. It's an anointed city, the city of the king. Secondly, how do I fight my own son? I don't know if you understand this. I don't know if you understand this. A father fighting his own son. That's when a father, that's when a father's weakness becomes his strength. You look at Abraham and he says, I'm a great warrior fighter. I've raised more than 318 warriors. But to fight Lot, says Lot, if you go choose, if you go west, I'll go east, you go east. I'll go west and look at the attitude of Absalom. It was very bad. He wanted to kill the father. Figuratively speaking, he had killed him if it was not for God. And then, you know the story. Ahithophel was David's prophetic advisor and whatever he said was like God speaking, Ahithophel. He also chose to leave David to join a son. I do not understand how you can leave your father and join one of his sons from the spirit of rebellion. Because Ahithophel believed so much that when I speak, God has spoken. So I'm going to surround Absalom and he will be hearing what I say. Then we will finish David. And when David heard, he heard that Ahithophel has followed Absalom. Oh my goodness, David said, Lord, now here I am finished if it is not for you. Then he prayed, Father, turn the wisdom of Ahithophel into foolishness. Turn his counsel into foolishness. God is able to use your gift, turn your gift. God is able to turn your gift into foolishness if you are trying to use it to destroy the work and the order of God. 
because Ahithophel had so much faith in his gift than faith in the Holy Spirit, than faith in God. It's one thing to be anointed and gifted. It's yet another thing to be yielded to the Holy Spirit and to be led by the Holy Spirit. And when David heard, and exactly that's what happened, he turned his counsel into foolishness, such that Absalom decided not to get the counsel of Ahithophel. He listened to the other so-called elders. Ladies and gentlemen, to cut the story short, Joab and his men went to fight. And David still said, Job, as you are going, please make sure my son is safe. The heart of a father. Oh, the heart of a father. Such that Job was offended. And the army was offended. And they said, you mean you don't care for us? But somebody who was after your life. And in fact, he was sitting just in the tent. And Joab said, come out of the tent. Sit here. Take your seat. Otherwise, everybody will desert you. You know the story. I'm just putting you into the context. And Job, uh, and Absalom, you know, he never came. He was killed. In other words, <laughs> he was killed. In other words, God is saying, yes, David, this is your biological son. I understand. But he has touched the Lord's anointed. So you cannot say because you are a wife or you are a son. Uh, yes, you are a son, you are a wife, you are a husband, whatever you are. But you must recognize and acknowledge the office, the anointing that is resting upon your husband, upon your father. It's critical. That was the same problem Miriam had. Uh, this is a young brother. In fact, I was there when he was born. I'm the one who protected this baby. I'm the one who was watching over this baby by the river Nile. If it were not I, you wouldn't even be here today. Oh, excuse me. Yes, you are my elder sister. Yes, Aaron, you are my elder brother. But I did not choose myself to be what I am. The Lord chose Moses and the anointing. And the Lord said, you were not afraid. And you know what happened? Because sometimes I'm just trying to give counsel to blood relationships, how we handle the anointing. I know your father will be just like David. Make sure my son, make sure my wife, make sure my sister, make sure my brother is safe. But what about God? Let us... And gentlemen, so at this time, David was saying, I'm going to go with you and fight. But then the men of David said, 2 Samuel 18 verse 3. I was just giving you the context. 
But the man said, you must not go out. And what is the reason? If we are forced to flee, they won't care about us. Even if half of us die, the devil won't care. They won't care, but you are worth 10,000 of us. So they understood the worth of their leader. That is the starting point. That is the starting point. You are worth. How worth is your father? How worth is your leader? If he's worth. And I like what they said. And they did not end there. They did not end there. Look at verse 4. The king answered, I will do whatever seems best to you. So the king stood beside the gate while all his men marched out in units of hundreds and of thousands. So the leader also listened. And you know what did they say? Support us from Jerusalem. In other words, we need you very much. You are worth. And I'm talking about prolonging the usefulness of the leader. He did not tell me what I should talk about. He usually doesn't tell me what to share. Because he respects the office I operate in. And it's a challenge. I have to seek the Lord. I don't bring nice sermons, good messages. I bring the word of the Lord, period. I don't come to entertain people. I just brought the word of the Lord. And I believe God is about to do a major work in this nation and is preparing you as a church, as a family, how you will relate and how you will support your leader. It doesn't mean that you haven't been supportive. Oh my goodness, your leader is really proud of you. What he speaks to me when we are talking, when we are chatting, he's really proud of you. And they have sacrificed, him and his wife sacrificed their lives for you. They are really proud of you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are coming from many years ago and very soon we will be celebrating uh, a major milestone. So I know how good you are. I know how great you are. I did not come here because I'm doubting anybody. No, I came here because the Lord is saying you are about to go to the next level and the roles are going to be changing as a ministry there was a time when your major your major your major focus was just this, this community where you are and that will continue God is raising many others who will take care of this community and take it to the next level as the man of God also goes to another level and his focus will be the nation, the nation, the nation, the nation. Wow, the community. Soweto, Johannesburg and many other things, other places are being taken care of very well by sons and daughters, the men of David. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? The Lord is saying to you, are you ready for your next level? Are you ready for the next level? 
It's not only here at church, but also in your life, you are getting to the next level. In your business, you are going to the next level. At your local church where you are coming from, you are going to your next level. Because that's the anointing that is in the house. I see the anointing of promotion. I see the anointing of promotion. The Lord said you have stayed in the camp for too long. Break camp and advance. You are about to go into the unusual. You are about to go into that which you are not used to. But the Lord says fear not. Fear not. All you need is just to take the step. The step of faith. Oh yes, you are not going to say, but I've never been there. That's why the Lord is going to say, that's why I'm taking you there. Because you have never been there. Uh, Lord, uh, yes, I'm taking you there. As you take the step out, the Jordan will part. The Jordan will part. We don't move. We don't move. We don't move after we see the Jordan has parted. No, we take a step and then the Jordan parts. Give him praise. I say give him praise. I say give him praise. It's a new season. It's a new hour. I did not come to preach. I came just to agree with my brother for the new season. Sit up. Prolonging the usefulness of your leader. If you were to ask your father, your spiritual father right now, he just feels like he was born again yesterday. He just feels like he received the call yesterday. He just feels like he has just started. And that's the right feeling. That's the right feeling. I say that's the right feeling. When people are saying to you, you are finished. Oh, that's when you have just started. I say that's when you have just started. People should not judge you by what you have gone through. Because that was just a process. That was the porter's house. Where God was breaking and making you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was just a process. Now the Lord is happy with you. The Lord is about to launch you out. And many times when the Lord is about to launch you out, that's when you are not ready. Just like Moses. Lord, why didn't you call me when I was in Potiphar, when I was in Pharaoh's house, when I was a prince? Where were you when you saw me? I beat that Egyptian. I killed that Egyptian that wanted to kill a Jew. That's when you were supposed to call me to take Israel out. You are now calling me when I'm tired. You are calling me when I'm settled. You are calling me when I'm a grandfather. (laughs) 
settled. Then the burning bush. Moses, uh, take off your, sh- your sandals. I've come to call you. Lord, Lord, if they ask me what is your name, Lord, <laughs> oh, he had become the meekest man <laughs> because he had gone through the process. Hallelujah. Oh, excuse me, there was a time when you thought God had left you. No, he didn't leave you. You were in the process. He was working in you and through you. Now he says, I can send you. Because there's not so much flesh in you. So God said, you are ready. Because I know you will not retaliate. You will not revenge. And when the people now came and they said, oh, what? And the enemies, and of course, you know, Korah and those rebels. And God says, Moses, stay aside. Let me clear them away. And Moses said, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Yes, they don't like me. They hate me. They hurt me. They want me dead. But what will the people say? Uh, that you took your children to come and destroy them here? Lord, I don't know what I can say. If it's possible, take my name out of the book of life. Let me go to hell and let your people be saved. Where did that come from? The process. Where did that come from? It was not the laying on of hands. It was the process. I came to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that's why God allows those battles. That's why God allowed those battles, even those very close to you, to betray you, to accuse you, to call you names of what you are not. So that you can be like Jesus. Jesus, at his weakest moment in his life, he was yet in total control. When they arrested him, Peter comes with his sword, the ear out. The Lord says, "Ah, ah, 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 that's not it. He took the ear, put it back. And then I like the words of Jesus. He said, if I were to ask my father for 12 uh, legions of uh, angels, God would easily, my father would easily send them. It doesn't mean that I am defeated. I am out of control. Even when I am weak, I am in control. And then he says, how would, how would the scripture be fulfilled that has been written that it should go this way even when he was weak yet he was in control he chose not to fight back it is not weakness when you don't fight back in fact it is strength there have been many moments in my life I really wanted to hit back. I'm telling you the truth. But the Lord says, don't. I said, Lord, I have every right. And he said, yes, you have every right. But it is not necessary. 
Lord, but Lord, but look at this. The whole world will, will agree with me. It's not about the whole world agreeing with you. It is about me agreeing with you. You are not weak when you forgive. Forgiveness is not weakness. Forgiveness is strength. It is power. Revenge is weakness. Leave vengeance for God. In passing, theologians would say a tangent. Let me give you four tangents. Number one, never touch revenge. It belongs to God. Number two, never touch his glory. The glory he will not share to anybody belongs to God. Number three, never touch tithe. Never touch tithe. I know some of you, you were so excited by a certain American who talked about tithe in a negative way. I came to tell you tithe is biblical. I said tithe is biblical. In fact, you people, you only have one teacher here, Bishop Musasono. What he tells you is what you get. Never touch revenge. Never touch his glory. Never touch what tithe. Can I tell you another, the last one? Never touch the anointed. Four things you should never touch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I went through stuff. Thank God for for Bishop Musa Sono and his wife, my covenant brother and sister, my friends. I went through things, but God had revealed to me by the Holy Spirit what I was going to go through. It was not, God prepared me what was coming. Suddenly things just, woo, my brother can tell you. <laughs> Are you listening? I love you so much. Such that I share with you my life. I don't just share with you scriptures. So that you must understand what we go through. Ladies and gentlemen. I lost control. Over my life, my family. And over the ministry. I lost control so that God can take control. There are moments when God allows you, takes you out of the steering wheel. Like Paul says, we lost control of the ship that was sailing. And it began to go, it was taken by the wind. The moment you lose control, then no, God has taken control. Never panic. Never panic. My brother came, not once, and his wife twice to stand with me. So he's not only my brother on the pulpit. He's my friend. 
outside the pulpit. That's where we stand together. Praying together. But what I can tell you now, I won't tell you the details, but what I can tell you now, what God has done is amazing. Can I talk to somebody here who has lost control or about to lose control? All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his own papers. I know, yes, the devil steps in. The devil says, the Lord says, go, 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 go ahead. Do you know that the devil is a servant of God? Okay, let me add. Is a servant of God. Now you are happy. <laughs> because there are certain works that only the devil can do. There is no angel that could have taken Jesus to the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and Satan field entered Judah Iscariot to betray Jesus. And all this was written. It had to take place. There was no angel. There was no apostle. There was no prophet. There was no righteous man of God who would have taken the hope of glory, Jesus, to the cross. But what would have happened if Jesus never went to the cross? You wouldn't be here. By his stripes, we are healed. By his blood, we are forgiven and redeemed. And on the cross he shouted, it is finished. If they had known, they wouldn't have crucified. Jesus, the hope of glory. Ladies and gentlemen, there are certain things that God allows to fulfill his purpose. But then he comes and he punishes and he judges those who are used. Oh, it's a mystery. Those enemies who have been in your life, God allowed it. Because how can you say you are honest when you have never had an opportunity to steal? How would that character be there? How can you say, I am forgiving and I am loving, I am merciful, if no one has ever stepped on your toes? So how are we going to see the character of God? You are not honest until tested. You are not a faithful, loyal son until you have had an opportunity to rebel and you choose not to rebel. How can we trust you when you have never gone through the fire? We will trust you because we have walked with you. We have gone through the fire together. 
you had every reason to run away from Bishop Musa Sono the last 39 years but you chose not you have been tested to be trusted how can we trust you when you have never been tested that's why we are not those who ordain people quickly rushingly who have not been tested i don't care how many degrees and phds you come with i want to look at your heart god is looking at your heart never commit yourself to any man any woman that has never been tested Sit down. Do you know that many times marriage is by faith? Tell your neighbor, do you know marriage is by faith many times? <laughs> I'm happy you have already understood my message. You know where I'm going already. Many times marriage is by faith. Because we marry people we have not tested. We marry people who have not tested us. So it is by faith. So before there is faith, there must be revelation. So if there is no revelation that is from God, she's from God, you are in trouble. pastor to make matters worse he says for better for, for worse by faith until death until death <laughs> do us part do us part by faith you are entering into a life of somebody you do not know even though you have dated for one year two years that's nothing not even three four years you only begin to know a person when you enter into marriage period It appears today it's mixed grill. <laughs> mixed grill. Because we are talking to leaders. Amen. Let's move on. Number one, we say to understand the worth of your leader. That's the scriptures we gave you, 2 Samuel 18 verse 3, 2 Samuel 21 verse 17. Number two, don't let your father, your leader, carry the burden of the ministry alone. Second Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 28. Let's read it together. Let's read it together. Second Corinthians 11. Verse 28. Can we have it? Beside else, I face daily. Let's read. Let's read. One, two, three, four. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Do you know the one we're speaking? Bishop Musa Sono. Because Paul is in heaven. 
poise in heaven. We have Musa here. Besides everything else, I face once a month, once a year, daily. And what does he face daily? The pressure, pressure. Pressure of what? Of my concern. For what? All the church. If you want to prolong the usefulness of your father and mother, don't let them handle the burden, the pressure of the ministry alone. Look at this. Numbers 11 verse 14. Numbers 11 verse 14. This is Moses talking. Moses talking. Moses talking. Let's read it together. You know that's what we call public reading of scripture. So whereby you pronounce something happens. When you release the word. Let's read together. One, two, three, four. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. Who is speaking? Moses. Look at verse 17. What does God say? Verse 17. Let's read it together. One, two, three, four. I will come down and I'll speak with you there and I'll take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. Period. Let scripture interpret scripture. You don't build a doctrine on one verse. That's why I give you several scriptures. Amen. Be careful with people who just give you one verse and then they want. I don't mind if one verse and is preaching exhortation, okay. But one verse and establishing doctrine, I have a problem. I'm establishing doctrine here. So I'm giving you scripture upon scripture. So that scripture interprets itself. So that you are not manipulated by people's eloquency. So God agrees. You will not have to carry this burden alone. So let those 70 men come. And I'll put the anointing upon them. The power on them. So that they can help you. I really believe grace, this is where God has taken you to and where you're going now. Because the burden is going to be heavy. We are talking of the whole nation. Not only the nation, but the continent. Other nations where God will be sending them to impact the body of Christ. But once upon a time, Soweto used to be a best. But now, hear the word of the Lord, South Africa shall be the best. Are you hearing what God is saying? Are you hearing what God is saying? Therefore, you need to rise up. Have a change of your mind. Mindset. You are not the same.
people you used to be, you were young, now you have grown. In Zambia would say, in Bemba, na mukula. You are no longer the same, you have grown. Na mukula. Say with me, na tukula. It means we have grown. So number three, don't let your leader do what you can do. Don't let your leader do what you can do. Let him do what you can, what you can do. Not what you can do honestly. It's not fair. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's not fair for our father to be doing what we can do. By so doing, what are we doing? We are prolonging his usefulness. We want Bishop Musa Sonu. By the time he's 85, 90, he's strong. Hallelujah. So shall it be because of what? The assignment. Nothing takes him prematurely. Nothing. Also, nothing takes you prematurely. You will live all your years until you finish the work of God. Some of you can only believe when I give you a scripture. Okay, let's read Joshua 13, verse 1 and 2. I didn't give the media people this scripture. So Joshua 13, verse 1 and 2. Just for the sake of those who want to believe after they read. Okay, since you, you want to believe after you have read, let's read together. Are you there? Let's read together. One, two, three, four. When Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, you are now very old. Pause. When the manufacturer says you are very old. <laughs> Woo! I don't care when you say I am old. But when God himself says you are very, he didn't say old, he didn't say advanced in age, he said very old. Hey. What a shock. What a shock. So my brother, we are not dying now until God says you are very old. <laughs> Hallelujah. You will not die prematurely. You are not better than those who died because of the pandemic. It is the assignment that has kept you alive. And to God be the glory. Let's finish the scripture. Let's start and finish it. One, two, three, four. When Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, you are now very old and there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. 
even when you are very old, the assignment is not yet over. So old age cannot stop you from accomplishing the assignment. Some of you, you are just 70, 65, 70, and you are now here old. Has God spoken to you? You are very old. Renew your mind. It's time to serve the Lord. We want a Caleb spirit where you would say I was 40, now I am 80, but I am as strong as I was. Give me this mountain. Give me South Africa. Give me Zambia. Give me Tanzania. Give me Africa. Hallelujah. So don't let your leader do what you can do. Number four. Don't let your leaders fight battles you can. Psalm 127.5. Psalm 127.5. Do you know that many times we fight battles and our members, our children, our sons and daughters are completely disengaged from us? Is it fair? That I come here and I'm preaching. And you are blessed. I go home and I'm praying for you. And you are blessed. And I'm fighting battles and you are watching me. You saw the, son, the, the men of David. They pushed David aside. And they engaged the enemy. Can I say something apostolically here? Can I say something apostolically? Never allow any demon in a man or woman to touch Musa Sono. You don't need permission. From the altar today, we have given you permission. Anyone that touches Gege, touches Musa Sono, and Touches the children, touches the family. You have a responsibility to engage. Yes. Yes. And how do you engage? Number one, prayer. Take time to pray for the bishop. Take time to pray for the prophetess. Take time to pray for the children. One by one. Name by name. Because sometimes the enemy, and many times the enemy fails to come direct to me. So what does he do? Through my child. If my child is attacked, can I tell you something? I'm under attack. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. You can't separate me from my children. You can't separate me from my wife. And you can't separate my wife from me. You can't separate Gege from me. When he's attacked, she's attacked. When she's attacked, he's attacked. When their grandchild is attacked, they are attacked. So pray for the family so that they can focus on the assignment. So it is for your own good. 
In fact, you are not doing them a favor. You are doing yourself a favor. The beauty is that what you sow, you will harvest. When you pray for your leader, God will raise others to pray for you. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Amen. Amen. 1, 27 verse 5. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in the court or at the gates. Surround your leaders. Even you who are pastors, where you're coming from, that's how your leaders, your members must surround you. You can apply this on different levels. Amen. Amen. Why are we sharing this? Because <laughs> new levels, new demons, new levels, new principalities. If it was one principality, now it will be three, four mobilized to fight against the grace. Because grace now is engaging seriously, taking the nation. And the continent. So what, what is the Lord saying? The prayer shield. Must rise. You are the prayer shield. That surrounds the family. And I know God. Has spoken to many of you. I just came to encourage you. And I came to strengthen you. Number five, move from being a disciple to a discipler. Even when you are a discipler, you still remain a disciple because you still be taught. But what I mean is move from being just a disciple to a discipler. One who is now making other disciples. Number six, move from just being a student to a worker. 1 Corinthians 15.10 Can we have 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10? 10 minutes and I'll be done. But by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Work hard for the Lord. Don't just be a student. Have a working culture. Ministry is hard work. It's hard work. It's hard work. To have a ministry like this one spread all over the nation and other places. It's hard work. Consistence. Sacrifice. Investment. But now, you shall not just be looking at the few bishops who are working. Of you pastors become a worker. Become a worker. 
Hallelujah. I know you are a worker, but work hard. Finally, don't, your, don't let your leader be stressed. Don't let your leader be stressed with his upkeep. I'm ending with that. Mm. Mm. Everyone say, mm. Second Corinthians 6, 12 to 13. I gave you scripture so that if you have to argue, argue with the word, not with me. <laughs> uh, by the grace of God, I'm smart. So that if you have to argue, argue with scripture. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Let's read. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, yes, yes, let's go. One, that, that, that's, uh, do you know those, do you know the people speaking there? That is uh, my bishop, Musa Sono, and prophetess Gege. They are the ones who are talking. Now let's read. One, two, three, four. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. Let's just wait there. Uh, 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 okay, let's move on. Uh, let's just wait there. Uh, go back. Go back. We shall move later. We are not withholding our affection. They have not. Bishop Musa Sono and Gege have not withheld for the last 39 years. They have not withheld their love, their affection to you. But some of you, the problem is you have withheld yours. Because you think we are just the preachers. We are robots. We are not robots. We are human beings who have got emotions, who get tired, who are in need of love. If they never told you, I came to tell you on their behalf and my behalf, we are in need of love. We are always pouring out. We are always having challenges. We are always ministering to you. You come with your burdens. We cry with you. Your family member passes on, dies. We cry. Your marriage goes through situations. We cry. When you cry, we cry. When you are depressed, we are affected. We show you our love. But you withhold yours in many ways. Let's read the last one I told you to. Uh, the, the same, we finish. Uh, uh, let's read and then we shall finish. One, two, three, four, let's read together. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. Let's read the, second, the next verse. Let's shout the next verse. One, two, three, four. As a fair exchange, I speak to my children grace. Open wide your hearts, oh soul. Fair exchange. So ministry, we are talking of what? Shout fair exchange. What are we talking about? Fair. I can't hear you. What are we talking about? We pray for you. Pray for us. We support you. Support us. 
We encourage you, encourage us. Fair exchange. Sometimes the children of the pastors are the mostly lonely children. They are judged. I'm talking about my children. What they have gone through. My, bro- my brother began ministry in 1983. He beat me by two years. He had to go ahead so that uh, he fights some battles. <laughs> so that when I come, he can tell me, my brother, that is also this. So I've been in ministry now. Uh, I, I, I'll be celebrating also my 40, uh, 85, what, what, 2005. Yeah, something like that. Just add two years on him. Just had two years. So I know as a pastor, I know what the children go through sometimes. Excuse me, let me tell you the truth. We pastor together with our children. When we go through battles, we fight together. They experience our lowest moments. And you are so harsh on them sometimes. But the only problem is you are not harsh with your children. The only problem, the standards for your children are low. And then you have raised the standards for our children like angels. Ah, That's not fair. That's not fair. Shout with me, fair exchange. And yet you do not know that what fights you and fights our children are completely different. What fights you are just small demons. But what fights me and my children are principalities. Strike the shepherd so that the sheep may scatter. You need to be merciful with the children of pastors. Pray for them. Encourage them. Hug them. Love them. Take them out for a meal. What will change the children of pastors? It is not sermons. It is love. Sit down. Me, I'm sitting because Jesus sat and he taught. (laughs) You know what? Love. We have so many pastors here. And we have so many leaders here. The standards you have for our children... (laughs) must be the same standards you have for your children. Because they are children, they are youths. And some of of our children, you know what they say? They say, it's my dad who is called, not me. (laughs) Ah, they are so bored, eh? Uh, It's my dad who is a pastor. I'm not a pastor. So in other words, they're trying to say, excuse me, accept me as a normal child. Just like your children. Fair exchange. Don't just say, no, I have a bishop, Musa Son, or my pastor. There are pastors here, so I'm applying to everybody. Uh, uh, The church pays him. Really? 
that the church can't pay them? It can't. Compared to the work they do, it can only be God who pays them. So who pays them? God. Not the church. Can I ask you a question? Where is God's treasurer here? I'm not asking for grace treasurer, accountant. I know we have, but I'm not asking for that one. Because it's God who pays them. Therefore, God will use his treasurer, not grace accountant. Grace will do their part, but where is God's treasurer? I came to tell you, you are the treasurer. (laughs) Hallelujah. Who is the treasurer? You are the treasurer. You are a steward. So be part. Apart from what the church does for them. Oh my goodness. If I was going to ask him that I talk about this, he was not going to allow me. I know your pastor. When it comes to issues of money, I'm sorry, my bishop, I'm not looking there. He's very rigid when it comes to this. He was not going to allow me. But I'm supposed to teach the full counsel of the word of God. So I have to go ahead. So you as a person apart from the church ministering to them, and very soon we will be honoring them. We are getting to 40 years. Jesus. 40 years of ministry with one church consistently. If they wanted, they would have gone to America, South Korea, anywhere. They stayed in Soweto. Uh, That, this, whatever honor, it must be great honor. I'm saying it must be great honor. It must be great honor. Where every believer, every brother, every sister is involved. Every couple is involved sacrificially to the glory of God. My my brother... And sister, my brother, I salute you. You have been, you have been such a challenge to us. I mean, your life has challenged me positively. I salute you. Your humility, your simplicity, your servanthood, your focus, your conviction. You are not a man of preference. No one can negotiate you from what you believe. You are principled. Your conviction, your focus, consistency, your integrity. We give God the glory. Come on. Let's give Jesus the praise. Let's give Jesus the praise. And we thank God who has preserved him, preserved Keke. Even when the whole world went through the pandemic, he kept them for us, for the nation, for the nations, for the world. Come on, shout praise to the living God. Sit down.
I just came to say, sir, I salute you from the depth of my heart. And on behalf of Brother Shallow and other friends, Howard and many other great men of God in the body of Christ, we just want to salute you and your wife. May the Lord honor you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because the Lord is taking the apostle to the next level where he has never been. You will see, you will hear things that you have never heard and seen as you take your position. Oh, yes. I cannot continue. I cannot continue. Let's just praise God. I'll end here. Oh, just let's just praise God. I cannot continue. Father, we give you praise. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. Just go ahead and praise him. Father, we give you praise. Just feel, feel free to pray loudly. Feel free. Shalaba, Randeke Terebe Shito, Sandarabe Shalababa, Roko Toro. May I kindly ask my sister, Prophetess Gege, I never prepared you for this. Please come forward. I want us to pray for you and your, wa- your husband. Oh, Rakanderebe, my bishop. Rakanderebe, Shetebe, Rando Robo Sandama, Rekendeme Shataba, Rekete. Come on, let's give a clap offering to God as they come in front. We want to lift them. We want to raise them before God. Oh yes, they are going to uh, the levels they have never been. We thank God for God who has preserved them for the nation. We thank God who has preserved them for the continent of Africa. We thank God who has preserved them for the nations of the world. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. We have been sharing on prolonging the usefulness of the leader. Prolonging the usefulness of our father and mother. Now we are about to pray. Stretch forth your hands towards them. Stretch forth your hands towards them. Straight forth your hands towards them. We shall all pray in tongues for two minutes. Then I will begin to pray. I will pray after we have prayed. There is a corporate anointing here. There is a corporate anointing of prayer. Pray, I can't hear you. Pray. I can hear the spirit pray. That's what I was looking forward to hearing. I can hear in my spirit. The spirit is praying. Is praying with us. Marando Robo Shalababa. Hayakato Robo Setebebebebish. 
Marakato Robobo Sandaba Eketereberibo Robo Seteberia Rakita Rakoto Shekendereberibo Sa Rabe Setebe Maleye Ketende Hikayayayaya Arabo Shataba Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We have come as leaders of grace and the body of Christ. We have come to say thank you for the way you have preserved your servants, Gege and Musa Sono. Thank you. We enter the gates with thanksgiving. We say thank you, Elohim. Thank you, El Shaddai, for calling them from their mother's womb, for setting them apart from their mother's womb. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for calling them. Thank you for bringing them into holy matrimony because you knew Bishop Musa Sono needed a woman. Oh, yes, in the life of Keke. And you knew that she needed Musa Sono. Thank you for pairing them. Thank you for the team spirit. Thank you for the battles they have fought. Thank you that you have fought for them. Thank you that, Lord, you have given them victory. You have given them triumph. And the head of the serpent has been crushed. And I came to announce the head of the serpent is crushed, permanently crushed, permanently crushed. Rabo Shata. Your servant once preached this word. I heard him speak in Malawi. Gideon tired and yet pursuing. There have been moments, oh Lord, when they were weak, when they were tired, when they were under attack, yet they were pushing, yet they were pursuing. Father, I give you praise. Now, Lord, I pray. Now, Lord, I pray. As they enter to the next level, as they go to another assignment, higher, higher, you have already established a strong foundation. That is Jesus Christ himself. And you have raised apostles and bishops in this ministry. I pray for the people that surround them. I pray for the bishops. I pray for the pastors. I pray for the boat. I pray for the elders. I pray for the men and women that surround them. Bless them, O oh Lord. Bless them, Lord. Let them live long. Let the mantle rest upon them. Father, we pray that you will raise a shield, a shield of intercessors. Oh Lord, organized and not organized. Even those we do not know of, in their homes, my Father, my Father, my Father, a day will not pass without lifting up the cup before the Lord. Father, we pray. Children, can you come? The two sons and the wife and the wife to be, if you are around, come quickly. Rakandorobosha, 
I never prepared them so whoever is around please come you can represent those who may not be around Rando come 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 father I pray in the name of Jesus I pray oh Lord for the grandchild I pray oh Lord for the fathers I pray for their mothers I pray for this family I pray for the grandchildren father I pray the mantle will rest upon them oh Yeshua my just join us kneeling down here the Lord says to you son forget about the former things the Lord is doing new things in your life it's a new season I see the Lord taking off the old robe and is giving you a new robe. The Lord's visitation. Father, I pray for the mantle of grace, supernatural grace, divine grace. In the sons and their wives and their children. Lord. Paul says when I am weak, that's when I am strong. For God's power is made perfect in my weakness. I said, Lord, take away this thorn out of me. And he said, my grace, my grace, my grace. Father, I pray for a supernatural from today. The Lord anoints you. The Lord strengthens you. The Lord takes you into a realm you have never been. Your sufficiency comes from God, not from yourselves. Let no one measure you. Let no one limit you. And don't limit yourselves. I pray that you will operate under the open heavens and there shall be revelations. Because God has done a new thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you in the church. Just shout with me and say, Father! Father! I come to you. And I thank you for the mantle and the grace of God over my life thank you from where you have taken me from thank you for the way you have preserved me thank you for the treasure that is in earthen vessels thank you for the future that is ahead of me say so thank you for planting me in the right place to be a blessing to the apostle, the bishop. Thank you that Lord, you will give me grace to do my part to prolong the usefulness of my leaders. As I do that, you will prolong my own 
usefulness. Thank Jehovah. Just thank him. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy